You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Please open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to start a little earlier than that in Genesis chapter 11. We're going to be talking by a, uh, about a young man by the name of Abram. Most people think of him as Abraham, but uh, at this point in his life, what we're going to be dealing with, his name is Abram. He hadn't uh, come to the point in his life that God changed his name. Abram comes from a family of movers, people that traveled around. People, we're all different, aren't we? Me, most people would agree I'm a mover. I have lived in 44 different houses in my short little 70 years of life. There are other people that are born in a house. They grow up in the house. It may be a family farm or it may not. And they live their whole lives in one house. My wife grew up She lived in a total of two houses until she met me, and since then, I don't know, probably 25 or 30. But uh, anyway, Noah comes from a family of movers, people that moved around a bit. Noah moved around following his father. Did you know that Noah was the 10th generation after Adam? Did you know that Abram was the 10th generation after Noah? Noah had a son. He had three sons, but Noah had a son by the name of Shem, who had a son by the name of Arphaxed, who had a son by the name of Selah, who had a son by the name of Eber, who had a son by the name of Peleg, And uh, Peleg is kind of important in this whole story because that was when the earth was divided. And uh, I looked up in the Hebrew, the word Peleg comes from an older form that means earthquake, to split, or divide. And that was when, if you remember the Tower of Babel, and God came down and confounded everybody's language, so it forced people, if they wanted to be understood, to find people that spoke the same language. Then Peleg had a son by the name of Ru, Ru had a son by the name of Sereg, Sereg had a son by the name of Nahor, Nahor had a son by the name of Terah, And then Terah had a son by the name of Abram. From the time that Noah and his family left the ark 
until Abram was born was just under 300 years. That sounds like an awful long time, doesn't it? Especially if you're 14 or 16 or so. Those of us that got a few more decades on us, uh, time flies, doesn't it? I'm 70, and if I, uh, I've had people ask me, Mark, are you, do you have a bucket list? I says, yeah, but I don't think I'll get it all done. It'll take me at the rate I'm going probably two or 300 more years. But so much for things that we'd like to do and want to do. But Abram followed his father, Terah, who left Ur the Chaldees, moved to a town by the name of Haran, which was named after a brother of Abram. Uh, Terah died there, and then God appeared to Abram and told him in chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. If one of the goals in your life is to be a blessing to the people you come into contact with, but God went on and says, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. If you look back over world history, and by the way, Abram, if you want a ballpark, he lived right around 2000 BC, 2000 years before Christ. I believe Jesus is the one that's talked about here at the end, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I believe that's a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ coming to earth. But you look over world history, and basically the Jewish nation started with Abram. And you look over the last 4,000 years of world history, and every country that has come up against the Jews, unless God is punishing the Jewish nation for wandering far, far away, all those nations have always been cursed. And you look in the world today, how many nations would love to wipe Israel off the face of the earth? Many, many. Some of them will take advantage of that at some time in the future, but we don't have to fear because God's going to intervene again and take care of them. They will be no more. So Abram is told by God to move out of Haran and go where God leads him. In your life, what do you want to do? Do you want to do what you want to do? Or are you going to let God make the big decisions in your life, where you're going to go, what you're going to do, who you're going to marry, the jobs you have, all kinds of things. Abram was led by God on a walk 
of faith. As Bible believers, we are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Isn't it so easy to walk by sight? Each of us get presented with probably a number of things each and every day, and sometimes we'd like to say something, we'd like to strike back, we'd like to come up with a smart answer. But if we're led by the Spirit, if God leads us, we have to learn to bite our tongues, don't we? We have to let Him deal with it. In my life, I've had a few times in church situations where people have come after me uh, with both barrels, so to speak, and all I've been able to do, all I've had to do, and all I believe I was supposed to do is turn around and walk away, let God deal with it. People say, well, what about your reputation, Mark? And one of the answers I've given is, my record is in heaven and my witness is on high. God is a whole lot bigger than I am and a whole lot bigger than any problem I have ever faced. He can take care of it. As long as God's on your side, you'll be on the winning side. So, God told Abram that he would be rewarded by blessing, and that is a promise that still holds true today. What did Abram have to do? Abram had to be obedient. How obedient are we every day? When was the last time you witnessed to somebody else about what God has done in your life? If it's been a while, when was the last time God prompted you to go talk to somebody about him? If your answer is, it's been a while on that, maybe there's a reason. Maybe we need to learn to be more obedient when God says, you need to go talk to that person. And you know, that gets pretty scary, doesn't it? But if God's in it, he'll give you the words to say. And sometimes it is amazing to see what God does in those situations. Abram is 75 at this time. He leaves with Lot, a relative, and journeys to the land of Canaan from Haran. Then he goes to Shechem. Then the plain of Moreh, he builds an altar. Then he moves to between Bethel and Ai, builds another altar, calls on the name of the Lord. Then he moves and sojourns in Egypt because there was famine in the land of Canaan. Then, unfortunately, Abram does something that... uh, All of us have probably done the same basic concept at least once or twice in our lives. 
he talks to his wife, Sarai, about lying for him and saying she was his sister and not his wife. Because Abram was afraid for his life because he had a very good-looking wife. Well, God takes that situation, he intervenes, and then Abram is asked to leave Egypt. He takes Lot. Both he and Lot have apparently gotten very wealthy, quite powerful, while they're in Egypt. And they leave Egypt and go back to the land of Canaan between Bethel and Ai. That's where we're going to pick up the story. Genesis 13:1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. That means the south of the promised land. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, Bethel in the Hebrew means house, Beth is house. So when you see the word Bethlehem, the Beth part of that means house. Bethlehem means house of bread. Bethel, El is short for Elohim, which is one of the names of God. So Bethel is the house of God. Unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. When you have a lot of worldly possessions, you've got to find a spot to keep them. Many people in today's society would like to have that problem, but most of us don't. But Abram had an awful lot. Lot had an awful lot. Where they were living could not handle it with the flocks and herds and everything. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. And between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. How goes it with your relatives and you? Do you have a typical family where you get along with some, but not all? I can understand that. The family I grew up in, my dad died in 05. My mom is still alive, she's 97, has Alzheimer's. She's in an assisted living in northern Wisconsin, court-ordered because of the dementia. She doesn't know half the time who she is, 
And I think sometimes when Don and I visit her, she doesn't really know who we are for a little while. She figures it out. And then there's my brother, druggy from the 70s, who for probably 15, 20 years of our lives, he would not, did not want to see me, did not want to talk to me. When I'd go to visit mom, he'd like to see me walking in the door and he'd turn around and walk out and he wouldn't come back until he called mom, is Mark gone? Yep, okay, then he'd go back. I have been working for a few decades and trying to get along with him a whole lot better, but it can be difficult. I've told two of Donna's older brothers, Arnie and Eddie, that they have been more like a brother to me than my own brother. So how goes it with you and your relatives? We had a little problem here, Abram and Lot. So what is going to happen? Happen. Abram doesn't want to have problems within the family. So he asked Lot, verse 9, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou shalt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Abram was the older of the two, and he let the younger man make the decision. If you were in that situation, how would you have handled it? Would you have done it the way Abram did it, or would you have said, no, I'm the older one, I'm the leader, I'm in charge, I'm going to make the decision, and I'm going to tell you where you're going. But that wasn't Abraham's way. Abraham, in this instance, was once again willing to let God make the decision and make the decision for what he was going to do by letting Lot make that choice. Which way was Lot going to go? Abram says, we can't dwell together. We have too much stuff between us. We have too many problems between the people that work for you and the people that work for me. So Lot, whatever way you want to choose, you go that way, I'll find a different place to go. Sometimes great riches bring great challenges. In this case, it was strife between Abram and Lot and between the people that worked for them. Lot makes a choice in verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes. Now let me ask a simple question. Is Lot making a choice and walking by sight? Or is Lot making a choice of walking by faith? Well, he lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, 
like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Lot was walking by sight, not by faith. He lifted up his eyes. He saw something that looked good to his eyes. It looked plentiful. It looked like they had abundant resources, that there was a lot. He was going to enjoy it. Lot was going to be on easy street. How often in our lives do we go, you know, if I just had this problem solved, I'd be on easy street. Well, sometimes easy street isn't always the best way to live our lives. Sometimes it's easy to get out of the will of God on easy street. Because as human beings, we grow into maturity dealing with situations, with decisions, with problems, with choices. We have to learn to rely on God and walk by faith. Well, Lot made his choice, and if you remember what happened to Lot after that, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. He got in tune with the people there. His wife, his children, some of his children, we learn, got married. God sent some angels to Lot, told him to leave Sodom to get out of there Lot talked to his family. He wound up leaving town with his wife and probably his two youngest daughters. The rest of the family, Lot probably at, this, at that point in his life, probably had grandkids. Some of us are grandparents. We miss our grandkids, don't we? when we don't see them all the time. But Lot did go. His wife, as they were leaving, turned around and looked. She was told not to. What happened? Turned into a pillar of salt. And then it was just Lot and his two daughters. They got him drunk. Both of the daughters got pregnant started two nations that were a thorn in the flesh to the nation of Israel for the rest of those nations' existence. Was that a wise move that Lot made in walking by sight? No. Abram took the better route. He walked by faith. And it wasn't too long after that that God changed his name Abraham. Choosing sometimes just, it seems, little decisions can make big changes in our lives. I was in college back in 1971 in Houghton, Michigan. 
at Michigan Tech. I was working on a Bachelor of Science in Forestry. I had one course that I couldn't take in the fall of 1970 that was required for graduation. I, they only teach it once a year in the fall. So I had to wait and I had to go back to school in September of 71, take that course. I took some other ones as well, some electives, to, so I could graduate in December of 71 with my degree in forestry. Well, I knew I knew uh, needed to work that summer of 71. I wanted to do it and learn about some practical aspects of working with trees. So I wound up setting up a job through the school with Davy Tree Expert in the Chicago area because, well, that was where I was living when, my, when I was the last three years of high school. And my folks lived there and I thought, well, maybe I can live with my folks that summer and uh, in Arlington Heights. So I got that job. I thought, well, this will be good. And then one day, the head of the forestry department, Gene Hesterberg, called me into his office and he says, Mark, he says, you're gonna be getting a degree in forest management. Yes, sir. He says, I have a letter here from a district ranger for the U.S. Forest Service. I says, ooh, that sounds good because Dr. Hesterberg knew that I wanted to work for the Forest Service once I graduated. He says, this is a ranger district headquartered in Glidden, Wisconsin. And I says, where in the world is Glidden? Never heard of it before. He says, well, Here's the letter with the contact information. If you're interested in even checking it out, call Bob Paddock down there in Glidden and talk to him when I did. And lo and behold, the interview over the phone went well. I wound up getting hired. I had to notify Davy Tree Expert that I would be spending my time in Northern Wisconsin working for the Forest Service that summer. And after I got done with school, because I was gonna be graduating that year, seniors at that time in that school didn't have to take finals. Hooray! <laughs> Is there anybody here that always liked final exams? Some of them I liked, but most of them I didn't. And I was happy I didn't have to take any finals. Well, I wound up Moving down to Glidden, I stayed in the Glidden Hotel for a, about a week by myself until another forestry student came and joined me. He said, after one night of staying in the hotel, he says, Mark, I'm not staying here another night. I says, well, if you want to move out. He says, no, you and I are moving out. Okay, I says, where are we going to go? He says, we're, I'm going to find a place. He did. 
We went to check it out that afternoon, and lo and behold, there was this short, cute little 17-year-old uh, young lady. Hi, Donna. <laughs> when I met her, she was on the, down on her knees, on the floor, scrubbing the floor of the cabin, and that's where we met. In June 9th of 1971, we got married on June 9th of 1973, and guess where the first place we lived after we got married? The same cabin we met in. We lived there for a couple months until we bought a piece of property just outside of Fifield, Wisconsin. But just that little decision, the change I made from working for Davy Tree to go into the Forest Service, and then following Terry Reedy to the resort that Donna worked at, and meeting her changed my whole life. Where would I be and what would have happened if I hadn't met this cute little lady of mine? I have no idea, but I can tell you one thing. I probably wouldn't have made it to 30 because I was drinking too much. I was a lush, a drunk, an alcoholic. And something would have happened, and I probably wouldn't have lived too much longer. So little decisions. Abram let Lot make the decision for him. Abram went on, followed God, walked by faith, and God blessed him. And now, 4,000 years later, we still read about Abram we, and once God changed his name to Abraham, we are still encouraged, we're challenged, we're blessed. Look at all the blessings that God gives us today because of who Abram was and what he did with his life as an example. So my question for each of us tonight is, what are we going to do the next time we have to make a decision? Are we going to walk by sight like Lot did and we see the, all the death and destruction that followed him? Or are we going to walk by faith and let God use us, let God guide us, and we walk by faith and let God bless us? That's the decisions we have to make. The little ones and the big ones. Sometimes just little decisions that we make make a big difference in our lives. It's up to you. It's up to me. Let's pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.